Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. I love the straightforwardness and the simplicity that, that he uses to teach. His teachings are very simple for everybody to understand. If it hadn't been for this ministry, I don't know where I would be. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing a series talking about how you can live in God's best. And this is the beginning of my third week of teaching on this. I've already covered a lot of materials. And I tell you, this is something that's powerful. This is something that is working in my life. I've made this statement already in this series, but you never obtain everything that God has for you. You don't ever arrive. You just leave and head in that direction. And so, you know what? There's still more that God has for me. There's more that He's wanting to accomplish in my life. But I have seen the blessing of God in my life supernaturally. And I could literally spend this entire program just giving a personal testimony about how God has transformed my life through these things that I'm sharing. But my real purpose is to share with you about how you live in God's best. So the very first thing that we dealt with is that most people are settling for less. They are looking for the easiest way out. If you live in God's best, it's going to stretch you. And we have settled for less than God's best in the area of finances, in the area of health, in the area of vision, in the area of relationships, and just nearly across the board. I, you know, I learned in school that water always seeks the lowest level. And that's kind of the way that most people are. They just gravitate to the lowest level. What is the minimum that I have to do to get by? As long as you have that attitude, you'll never experience God's best. You're going to have to be stretching and reaching for something more. So we talked about that. And then last week, I was really contrasting the difference between receiving from God by a miracle and receiving from God through the blessing. And this is something that most people have never thought of. Again, if you've missed any of this teaching, I'm not going to go back and reteach all of that. But I've made three points, main points, that a miracle is a superseding or a suspension of natural laws. And God created all of this natural laws. When he created the heavens and the earth, he says, it's good. And then he says, it's very good. That What a great understatement. I mean, God created this universe and all the natural laws and everything to serve us and to be a benefit to us. And for God to supersede these laws, he's not going to do it unless there is a crisis situation. So a person who lives from a miracle to miracle, which is a superseding or a suspension of a natural law, well, then you are going to live from crisis to crisis. You've got to be in a crisis before you can get a miracle. But the blessing of the Lord will actually prevent a crisis. So which would you rather have? Would you rather, you know, just go your own way and as you violate the natural and the spiritual laws that God has established and you come into a crisis situation, would you rather know how to get a miracle and get out of that crisis situation, or would you rather walk in the blessing of God so that you actually prevent a crisis and you don't even need a miracle? Now, again, a miracle is great if you are in a crisis and if you need one. There's nothing wrong with it, but I'm saying that there is a better way. We're talking about how to live in God's best, not how to just, you know, wait until your crisis and you're crashed and burn and it's life-threatening and then a miracle comes and pulls you out. 
I mean, here, here's another way of saying it. Which would you rather have? Would you rather have a miracle where you are on your deathbed and you're in the hospital and you're just about breathing your last breath and then you get miraculously healed? If you're in that situation, there's certainly nothing wrong with a miracle, but I believe it's even better to learn how to not get sick, how to walk in divine health. And you know what I'm saying right here? There's a lot of you that you've never even thought this way. You don't even think about healing. You don't even think about health until you lose yours. And then all of a sudden you're panicking and you're looking for a miracle. I'm telling you, you can walk in a way that no plague will come nigh your dwelling is what the scripture says. And so a miracle has to have a crisis before you get one, whereas a blessing will actually prevent a crisis. Another contrast between a blessing and a miracle is that a miracle is only temporary. And this is what I dealt with on last Friday's broadcast. I used Balaam as an example. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the blessings are temporary. Also, I was using Joshua chapter 5. That's where I am right now. And it showed that the manna just came for a period of time and then it ceased. But the blessing, once it's given in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 and 20, Balaam tried to curse the children of Israel, and yet he came back and he says, God hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. The devil cannot stop the blessing of God. God will never stop the blessing once it's given. He does not change. And the only way that a blessing can stop in your life is for you to not believe and not receive it. Boy, that's a huge statement. I could really re-preach all this, but Balaam, it says in uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, that Balaam's sin was that he taught Balak, the king of Moab, to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel and to get them to offer, eat things that had been offered unto idols. And if you turn over to Numbers chapter 25, you'll find that what actually happened, Balaam could not curse the children of Israel because God had blessed them. So he taught Balak, the king of Moab, that you're going to have to get the children of Israel to renounce their own blessing. And he enticed them with the women to come and have sexual relations and worship Baal. And the children of Israel cursed themselves. And the parallel for the, us is that once the blessing of God is given, God will never change it. The devil cannot reverse it. We are the one that have to stop the blessing of God. And there's multiple ways we do that. But the number one way is through ignorance and disbelief. Most people don't really understand that they've been blessed by God and they don't understand what that is. So that's what we've already covered. Here's another contrast between a blessing and a miracle. And that is that a miracle is never a super abundance, whereas the blessing of God is just a great abundance. And there's many ways I could illustrate that, but let me go back to this example of the manna. You know, when the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt and they got hungry in the wilderness, and they said that, you know, they complained to Moses that you've brought us out here to make us starve to death in the wilderness. God gave them manna. And it was this little tiny round uh, thing that says that man did eat angel's food. And it was called angel's food, but it was little tiny stuff. It was, it was sweet and it was like wafers. And it was, um, 
something that came down every morning. They would go gather it, and when they measured it by a certain amount, it would be just fine. But if they gathered more and tried to hoard it and save up, it would breed worms and stink. And then on the seventh day, the Sabbath, uh, they wouldn't have any manna. They had to gather twice as much on the sixth day, and it wouldn't stink. I mean, it was just, the whole thing was miraculous. It was a superseding or a suspension of natural laws. There was nothing normal about manna. God supernaturally provided it, but it was only temporary. It ceased. It says right here in Joshua chapter 5, and in verse 11, and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day, and the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And so this right here, it shows you that it was temporary. It ceased. And again, I contrast this with um, the blessing that once it was given in Numbers chapter 23, verses 19 and 20, it could never be reversed. So a blessing is eternal, a miracle is temporary, and also notice this, that the manna that they ate, the children of Israel complained and says, our soul hates this light bread. They ate this manna for 40 years in the wilderness. And I'm, I can guarantee you that God didn't give them uh, something that tasted bad, something that wasn't good for them. These little wafers, I mean, it sustained them for 40 years. It's bound to have been very good, very nutritious. And it said that it had a sweet taste to it. There was nothing wrong, but people just like variation. You know, if you ate a steak every day of your life, some of you don't like steak, but I like steak. But if I ate a steak every single day of my life, and if I did that for year after year, you know, somebody had come along with a hot dog or something, and I'd throw the steak on the ground to be able to just get something different. People like a variation in the things that they ate. And these people, even though that this manna was good, it was a miracle from God, they got to where they loathed it. They hated it. There was no variation in it. Can you see that the manna was a supply and it was a God supply? It was a miracle, but it wasn't abundant. After a while, they got to where they got tired of it. They loathed this light bread. Now contrast that, that when they entered into the land of Canaan, it was a land that the Bible describes as flowing with milk and honey. When they came back, the spies in Numbers chapter 13 from searching out the land, they had to put one cluster of grapes on a pole between two men. You know, today, a cluster of grapes is like this big. <laughs> and could you imagine two men carrying that on a pole? It wasn't like what we see today. That thing's bound to have been huge. I mean, the grapes might have been like a, an apple or something. It was just a land that had an abundance they had all of the fruit. They had all of this abundance and all of these things. Now, which would you rather have? Would you rather have a little wafer that is the exact same thing, even though it was a miraculous supply and I'm sure it meant their needs and was healthy and all of that. Would you rather have that or would you rather have this smorgasbord where you've got every kind of fruit that you could imagine, huge fruit. You got all of the vegetables, the land produces. I mean, which would you rather have? Anybody in their right mind would rather have the abundance that comes with the blessing rather than the miracle of just a little wafer, the manna. And yet, I can guarantee you, because I deal with people, 
that there were people the day after that God told them you aren't going to have manna anymore. Now you've entered into the promised land and now you're into the blessing and you're going to start doing this. I can guarantee you that there were people who said, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to dig in the ground. I'm not going to plant a seed. I'm not going to water. I'm not going to weed. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to do all of this. I want to live by a miracle. And I can just guarantee that there were people who had done nothing but eat manna their whole life who went out the next morning looking for manna again. And yet it wasn't there. It says the manna ceased and they never had manna again. Did you know that you might have God meet your need by a miracle and there is nothing wrong with the miracle if you're in a crisis situation and need it. But God's best is for you to live in the blessing. It's more abundant. It is super abundant rather than just living by a miracle. You know, in the past, I've shared with you that back during my poverty days when I didn't know the Word of God and I was doing some things wrong, I thought that it was sin for me as a minister to go work a secular job. So I, I, it wasn't because I didn't like working. I just thought that I had to be committed to being a full-time minister, even though I was only pastoring four or five people in a church. And anyway, because of all this, I had financial problems. We had God miraculously multiply food. I had God miraculously multiply our gas. I actually ran out of gas and uh, didn't have any money, couldn't do anything. And I laid hands on the car and prayed over it and drove that car for a week after it had run out of gas. I had the block on my car crack because I didn't have enough money to put any antifreeze in it. And it froze and it cracked the block and you could see it. And the next day when it warmed up, the water ran out and you could see the crack in the block. That car was not supposed to run, and yet I had no options. And I just prayed over that car. And for about a year, I drove that car with a cracked block, and, and it worked. Did you know that that is not natural? Those are miracles. And praise God that I got them because I was in a crisis situation. But did you know now I walk in the blessing of God, and if I need gas, I don't pray over my car and let it run that way. I, instead, I am so blessed I can just go buy gas if I need it. If my car was broken down, I can go get the car fixed. And which would you rather have? Would you rather have enough money that you just are blessed and you can do whatever you want to? Or would you rather be in a situation where you go from crisis to crisis and you get a miracle that pulls you through, but it's never going to pay the rent for the next month and things like that? You just live from crisis to crisis. See, this is what most people are doing because they don't understand the difference between a blessing and a miracle. So a miracle demands a crisis before God is going to supersede or suspend his natural laws. You know, the parting of the Red Sea, that was a total miracle, but that's not going to be something that happens on an everyday occurrence. Uh, walking on top of the water like what Peter did in Matthew chapter 14. That's a miracle, but it didn't happen again. You can't count on that. You know, Jesus multiplying the food where you take five loaves and two fish and you feed 5,000 men, not including all the women and children, that's a miracle. But did you know that that didn't happen uh, multiple times? Well, excuse me, it did happen twice in Jesus' ministries, but I'm saying it's not something that you're just going to see happen every day. In the Old Testament, Elijah, uh, he multiplied some food. Elisha multiplied food in 2 Kings chapter 4 and multiplied the oil. 
And so those things can happen, but they are few and far between. A miracle has to have a crisis before you get one. A blessing will prevent a crisis. A miracle is only temporary, whereas a blessing, once it's given, it can never be reversed. And also a, a miracle is just going to be enough to solve that crisis situation that you're in, but it won't solve future problems. But once you start operating in the blessing of the Lord, it says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, I believe, it says, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing, it makes rich. The blessing of the Lord is what makes you rich. And once that supply starts flowing, you just cannot stop it. You know, I'm talking about living in God's best, and I'm telling you that God's best for you is not to live from crisis to crisis, but it's to walk in the blessing of God. But did you know that the blessing of God, in a sense, takes more effort on your part than a miracle? Now, I believe it's well worth the effort, but go back again to Joshua chapter 5, that there were people who had eaten of the manna every single day for 40 years. And these people had just gone out and gathered. It had become a lifestyle. Many of them never knew any other way of getting their food except this manna that God supernaturally supplied. And compared to that, all they had to do was go out and gather it uh, in the morning and eat it. But when you entered into the promised land, the blessing was so much more abundant, but you had to plant the crop. You had to weed it. You had to water it. You had to wait. It took time. There was things involved. In many people's eyes, I just don't want that. I want the easy way out. But which is more abundant? The blessing is more abundant than the miracle. The miracle is going to be just enough. It's going to be just enough to get you over the hump that you're in, but it won't be in an abundance. I'm telling you, if you would start living in the abundance of the blessing, it would far surpass any kind of miracle. I think I've already used this in this series, but you know, when the Lord was first showing me this, I was in a situation in my life where, um, anyway, I was building a house, I was doing some things, and I was thinking back about the early days of our ministry where I had a miracle where God multiplied our food, the doorbell would ring and we'd go to the door and food would be there and we couldn't see anybody and it didn't. they didn't have time to run away. We don't know how it got there. God would multiply my gas, keep my car running when the block was broken. And I was thinking back about, I used to have a miracle nearly every day of my life. Certainly every week we had to have a miracle to survive. And I was praying and saying, God, I hadn't seen miracles like that in decades in my life. And I was beginning to say, what's wrong? Have I not been believing you? Am I, am I not doing things correctly? And the Lord just spoke to me and he says, would you like to go back to those days where you don't have enough money, you run out of gas, where you can't put antifreeze in your car, where you can't get your car fixed, where you have to believe me to multiply your food because you don't have enough to eat? And as I thought about it, I said, no, sir, I would not like to go back to that at all. And I realized that, you know, I, I had been in the beginning, I had to have miracles like this, but now I've moved into the blessing of God and the blessing is so much more abundant. It is a better way. It is God's best. And this is what I'm talking about. That's what this whole book is about, about how do you live in God's best? I'm not saying that miracles are wrong. 
I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying it's not God's best. God created natural and spiritual laws. And if we would learn what they are and learn to cooperate with them and walk in faith, the blessing of God would be so abundant in your life that you would never need a miracle. That is an amazing statement right there. But I believe it's absolutely true. And I'm telling you, God can bless you so much in your health that you don't even get sick. That's an amazing statement right there. God can bless you so much in your finances that you don't even think about money. You don't even think about lack and stuff. You are just blessed. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The Lord can bless you in your marriage. The Lord can bless you in just every single area of your life. The blessing of the Lord is the greater way to walk and receive from the Lord. And yet many people are ignorant of the blessing. And because of this, they have to have a miracle because they go from crisis to crisis. It's only temporary. They never live in the abundance that God has for them. You know, all I've done in these first two weeks of teaching on this is basically lay the foundation and the groundwork to show you that there is something better that God has for you and to give you a little bit of contrast between a blessing and a miracle. And now from this time on, as we continue, I'm going to start showing you what the blessing is, how God gives it, how you receive it, and how abundant it is. And I tell you, if you can understand this, it will transform your life. It will open up a brand new way of living. And I tell you, you can go from barely getting along to having such an abundance in your health, in your relationships, in your finances, in every area of your life. But you are the one that controls the blessing. Now, this is a statement I'm going to explain a lot more on our program tomorrow as we continue through this. But God has blessed us. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. God has already blessed us. It's not a matter of will God bless you or how to get God to bless you. God has already blessed you. First of all, you've got to understand that the blessing is the better way. You've got to pursue it and then learn how to activate it, how to walk in it, how to cooperate with it. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. We're talking about how to live in God's best. And I tell you, this is going to transform your life. So let me mention again that I've got this book. It's a hardback copy entitled Living in God's Best. And I would encourage you to please call or write, respond, and get this book. And then we also have CDs where I teach on this and then uh, DVDs that were taken from this television program. And I tell you, if you can receive this, it's going to make a huge difference in your life. It certainly has in mine. So our announcer is going to give you information about this. And I encourage you to, to please call or write and to take advantage of this because it is something that would absolutely transform the way you receive from God. So listen to our announcer. He's going to give you all the information. Please call or write today and then join me again tomorrow as we continue to teach on how to live in God's best. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, 
or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of February, join Andrew and guest speaker Jeremy Pearsons in Orlando for a Gospel Truth Conference. Next, Andrew will be speaking in Naples. In March, Andrew will be speaking in Oklahoma City and El Reno, Oklahoma. Then, come join Andrew in Woodland Park for our annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance. Guest speakers at this event include Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy, along with James Brown, Emmy Award-winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks, and the CEO of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College, Billy Epperhart. And in April, Andrew will be hosting a special Easter season production titled God With Us in Woodland Park, Colorado. God With Us is the original love story of a passionate God on a relentless quest to rescue his people. Also in April, Andrew will be in Woodland Park to host the annual Karis Bible College Campus Days. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Did you know that God created you for great things? He's placed his power and purpose inside you, and he wants to do more in your life than you can think or imagine. At Karis, get immersed in the Word of God and walk in power and purpose for a lifetime. I'd like to encourage you to pray about whether or not God wants you to participate in our Karis Bible College. 
You know, Bible college is powerful. We are seeing people's lives change. And I know that some of you are thinking, well, I can't come to Colorado. Well, we have extension schools literally scattered all over the world. And somebody says, but there isn't one in my area. Well, we've got an online course where you actually become a part of a class. You can work at your own pace, but you do have to complete the materials in a certain given time. We've got a lot of ways for you to take advantage of it. So please pray about it and then join us at Karis Bible College. You have an amazing purpose, and it's time to step into the life God created you to live. A disciple is a person who continues in the Word until it sets them free. Karis Bible College, change your life, change the world. Welcome to your place called there.